Welcome to Career Tools. This week, presentation interviews. The questions this cast answers are, how do I prepare for a presentation interview? What do I do when asked to give a presentation in an interview? How do I split the time I'm given when I have to give a presentation in an interview? If you're thinking about interviewing anytime soon, now's the time to start preparing. Interviewing is not about smarts. It's not about personality. It's all about preparation in the modern age as more and more companies use more and more tools to separate the wheat from the chaff. Our interviewing series is over 50 podcasts that go through in detail every step of the interview, how to prepare, how to dress, resumes, cover letters, how to chit chat, how to answer, tell me about yourself and your leadership style and significant accomplishments with repeated examples, how to close, how to ask questions, how to follow up, everything in enormous detail because we know interviewing for most people is a black box. Come and check it out. So sometimes when you're going to an interview, there is a request for a presentation, especially if you're going to be a manager. And since presenting is such an important skill and so many people are bad at it, it makes sense to test for it in an interview. If you're the hiring manager and you think, I need someone who's really good at presenting, you can't really tell that from them answering questions or you giving them a scenario. It's better to actually ask them to do the thing that you want to test and that's to ask them to present. So sometimes you'll be given a topic and the rest of the details and asked to bring the presentation with you. And in that case, you can go through our presentation guidance on all of the other podcasts and you can read it slowly and you'll be able to absorb all of it and bring it all into your presentation. But sometimes you're just told that there will be a presentation or maybe you're not told at all that there'll be one and you're not given any details. And so you just get there and they say, oh, by the way, during this day, there's going to be a presentation and this is what we want you to do it about. And this cast is about that situation. So if you think that presenting skills are important to the job that you're going for, then listen carefully so that when a presentation is sprung upon you, you know what to do. So what are we going to cover, Kate? We are going to talk about how when you're presented with this issue, if you're asked to give a presentation at the time, kind of right there on the spot, then we're going to talk about how you shouldn't be worried about the right answer how you should ask questions to determine key points, key things that you need to know about your presentation, how many slides you should have given the amount of presentation time that you're allotted, and also how you should split the time that you have to prepare. So if you're given 30 minutes to prepare or an hour to prepare, we've got kind of the ratios of that timeline for you. And that's what we're going to cover today. And the first one might be surprising. Don't worry about the right answer. But it makes sense if you think about what the hiring manager is testing for. If they're testing for your presenting skills, having the right answer isn't the thing they're testing for. Solving the problem is not the important part. The important part is do you present with confidence? Are you interacting with your audience? Are you able to take questions? It's all of the things that make you a good presenter, not whether or not you can solve a problem. Right. It's not about the actual answer as much as it about how you present the answer, how you are prepared for the presentation, not the topic, right? Yeah. And often you can't even know the answer. You know, if somebody says, 
give us a, a new strategy for marketing this product. Well, you don't know. You, you're going to have to guess about audience. You're going to have to guess about market share. You're going to have to guess about channels. All of that stuff you can include because you know it's important in a marketing strategy, but you won't know any of what the company already has or what they've tried or you know any of the data behind it. And so because you're guessing and you, you cannot not guess, then the answer becomes a lot less important than your presenting skill. Exactly. So every moment that you spend trying to answer the question is a moment that you're not creating slides or rehearsing. And you, you do need to allocate your time to the parts of the presentation that will have more, most impact. And that's the words you're saying and how you say them, not what you're talking about. Often too, it's important to focus on the fact that you are presenting. Sometimes when I present at our conferences, what I find is that people aren't actually looking for the exact right answer. They're looking for guidance. And so there's a difference between saying, I have the perfect answer and saying, here's some guidance. It's like, a, it's the start, right? It's the, the start of the path. And so that can be helpful too. And if you're able to focus on the fact that presenting that effectively is important, it's more effective for you to talk to the audience about your guidance. And, and you really are focusing on the fact that people get nervous when they're asked to present. Even if you are prepared, you're always nervous when you're presenting. And so there's a part of this that's really about the presentation and not the content because focusing on your presentation skills, the confidence which with you present, the speed of your voice, the way you use your voice when you're presenting, if you focus on those things, then you are really focusing on the thing that they are going to pay attention to. And so the answer is secondary. Yes. It's a bit like maths or math problems where you have to show you're working and you get points for the working, even if you don't get to the right answer. It's a bit like that because the working is the absolute, is the actual present, presenting and the solution to the problem is whatever the solution to the problem is. And so you get points. All the points for this are in the working. You know, it's so funny you mentioned that. I was un once asked in an interview to do math on a whiteboard in front of a number of people. <laughs> and they said, here's the math problem. And I spoke the answer out loud to the group. And they said, oh, no, you have to show your work. And so I was asked to use a whiteboard to show my work. And it was silly a little bit because it was fractions. And a fractal tree is not something that is especially interesting to look at. But, you know, I'm surprised so often at the things that happen in interviews. There's so many things that go on that are just not what you would expect. For instance, in that same interview, in that same scenario, I was asked once to give a presentation. I had not been told in advance that I was going to be presenting. I actually came in and I sat down in front of the group and I was surprised that there was a group and we were at kind of just a like a conference table. And they said, okay, where's your, your flash drive, your thumb drive? And I was even more surprised. I said, I'm so sorry. I don't have one. I don't, what would be on it? And they said, well, your presentation. And I was in an interview. I thought, what presentation could I possibly have? And they said that their format was that candidates presented about themselves for a long time, for 30 minutes or an hour. This was five years ago now. 
So it was a long time. A 30-minute presentation is is not trivial. No. And I had not been told in advance that this was the case. And so I didn't have any slides prepared. I had not prepared a presentation. Now, our first point is don't worry about the right answer. Thankfully, I, I knew a lot of things about myself. <laughs> it is an easy topic to talk about usually. I technically had the right answer. But being asked to present for 30 minutes about yourself, it was nerve-wracking. It was shocking. It was very on the spot. And I didn't have any slides. So I simply stood up and gave my prepared interview questions, my prepared interview answers, sorry, to the group. So I had prepared, I think, roughly eight responses to standard interview questions. The questions being, tell me about yourself, tell me about a time when. I had prepared answers to that and I had them down pat. They were memorized. I had flashcards at home and I had been preparing for this for a long time. And so I simply stood and presented my answers in a presentation format. It did not go well in their eyes. Surprise. I know. I was so surprised to have been asked to do this. And then, of course, in the subsequent interviews, I then did not have answers that they had not already heard. And so I think they were a little concerned that I was just giving them the same data again. But Mm -hmm. to be frank with you, I don't know that I would have prepared a lot of different things for the presentation. I think I would have just doubled the amount of answers I had, right? The amount of prepared time I had memorized. But it's important if you are presented with this scenario or scenario similar to it, hopefully not this scenario, but one similar, it's a good idea to ask a lot of questions. Specifically, there's, there's probably some things you need to know. And this is a really good example of the fact that sometimes when it's obvious, when there's obviously things that you need to know, they don't tell you. Because it's obvious, yeah, right? and it's in their head, and they think, okay, it's obvious. Everybody, our format is everybody comes to the interview with a thumb drive ready to present about themselves, and so we won't tell you because we all know that, and so why wouldn't you? And you just expect people to know things by telepathy or whatever. And sometimes it, we all do it to some extent. We all have those moments when we realize that we didn't tell someone something important about the thing we want them to do. But there's a way to sort of save yourself, and that is to ask questions. Yeah, there are some things that you should ask about. How long do you have to prepare? Are, you know, are they going to give you some time to make slides and things like that? And how much time do you have? And how long should your presentation be? Because I'm not even sure that when I was asked to present about myself that I was given a time frame. And I'm sure they had a standard, right? I'm sure they had a number of people who had all come in and given, there was an average probably Mm -hmm. of time they had spent, but but no one told me. They just said, oh, we thought you were going to present about yourself. The best part about all of this is I was standing in front of a projection screen because that was the power position in the room, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. And it was blank, obviously. because I didn't have a presentation. (laughs) That was really fun. But you also probably need to know how many people are you going to present to. Mm -hmm. This is one of those um, key points for me in my head because since we're not worried about the right answer, we're worried about our presentation and how we're going to present, there's a big difference between presenting to the three or four people you've already met Mm 
or 20 or 30 people. And they probably also didn't tell you where you're going to present. So, you know, sometimes knowing the size of the room would kind of key you into that, but they probably haven't told you that either. So, and you probably haven't seen the room if you haven't been on site for a while. So it would be shocking to walk into a room of 20 when you're expecting the four people who you've already spoken to. Yeah, and who with whom you're starting to feel comfortable. And there's just a difference. There's a difference in numbers between two or three people and 20 and 100. That's why presenters always tell you how many people that was in their, were in their biggest audience because the size of the audience is a big deal. It really is. Even just for things like maybe are they going to be allowed to ask questions? Is the audience going to be allowed to ask questions? You're going to get a significantly different amount of questions from four people than from 20 people. And if you're really being tested on presenting, questions are a really important part of it. And Mm -hmm. you need to know that. We're going to talk about how much time you have for presenting each of your points. And if you're worried about going over, part of that should be dropping one of your points if that will help you. Because if you're going to present to 20 people, some people are going to probably have questions. And, you know, having a presentation that's set to go long will mean that you won't have time to make all of your points and answer any questions or deal with any interruptions, which there probably will be. Yeah. I find the bigger the audience, the more long-winded the questions. Oh, yes. weird, but true. You know, it's funny. There's the company that I interviewed for, which who asked me to present, it was an engineering firm. And one of my favorite things about engineers is that their fondest hope is that someone asks a question to which only they know the answer. (laughs) And that's that long-winded question thing is a real, it's an engineering, it's a common engineering theme I found. You know, it's funny. um, Another really important thing that you should ask, because I'm sure it's one of those things that's totally clear to them, but not to you, is what's the purpose of the presentation? Is it persuasive? Are you giving a briefing? Are you making a recommendation? Is it just informational? These are all things that affect the way you're going to present, how you're going to connect with your audience, what you're going to say, how long you should be talking. I mean, these are all things that change your body language, the speed at which you speak, the slide content, to be honest with you. If you don't know all these points, and and to be frank, there's some things that they'll probably forget to tell you. It can be really hard for you to be effective at preparing, let alone presenting. Yeah. We used to do this for our communications. We had a communications role when um, when I worked in one of my one of my recruiting jobs, we had three candidates, two of which they all worked, already worked in the communications department and they wanted to be communications manager. And we had two that were really close to being capable of being the manager and one who was a bit of a long shot. And we gave them a presentation to do and I have no recollection what it was about, but it was, I think it was something like explain a policy or explain something that the the organization might have done to the press, that kind of thing. And the two people who were close to being manager did a very serious, very effective, pretty much perfect presentation. And then the girl who uh, was a little bit further off had clearly realized that she was out of her depth, but she had like silly pictures, like like really girly drawings on all of her slides. And I and it's funny that I remember that one. I don't remember any of the serious ones, but um, you need to know what 
the level of your audience is. Because, you know, if you were presenting something to the press, then smiley faces probably isn't appropriate. You want to have some gravitas to your presentation. So don't be shy about asking questions. And sometimes asking questions is part of the test. If you don't have all the information you need to give a good presentation, then it's possible that some of that information is being kept from you to see if you ask, to see if you know what goes into a good presentation. So don't be shy about asking. Mm -hmm. Okay, next up, slides. Oh, this is a really interesting one for me too. Our normal guidance around slides is that you should have one slide per every 10 minutes. Controversial. It is controversial. It's not the norm. I've actually been in an eight-hour presentation with 800 slides. And the minute, you know, you see the printed deck, it's just, that's the exact reaction that everyone has. Just, oh, really? But our normal guidance is that your slide, you have one slide per 10 minutes. Because this is controversial, because most people are really used to it moving a little faster, presentations moving more quickly, we have compromised here so that you can have one slide per every five minutes. That's our guidance here. So the, the, the audience isn't thinking, when are they going to put up another slide? I've been talking for 10 minutes. When's there going to be another slide? They're, you know, there's, there's enough slides for them not to be thinking about that and to be listening to you. Mm-hmm. If you only have a few minutes, this is one of those things you need to ask about, right? How long is my presentation? If you only have a few minutes, five minutes, then you're going to have a title slide and another slide. So probably that slide's just going to have major bullet points, right? Your recommendation, mm -hmm. the maybe supporting reasons for that recommendation. It really, again, depends on what you're presenting on. I'm trying to picture the slides I would have created for my presentation about myself. I think my main one would have been hire me and then <laughs> <laughs> my degree, my GPA, my work experience. But it is important to think about whether or not you need two or three slides or just one or two slides. And we don't want you to focus on making a bunch of slides and then not having enough time to rehearse and be prepared. Because again, the most important thing here is your presentation, the words you're going to say and how you're going to say them. Having a bunch of slides is really not going to, they're not going to remember them the same way you don't remember the great exactly. slides Right? It's funny because I actually, the slide presentation that I remember the most from my career is actually was actually a horrible presentation that had GIF images of it Ooh. from Downton Abbey. Someone sent it to me and I thought, this is just, I, I, it's very clear in my memory, but it was, it was not convincing in any way. <laughs> so the, the important thing about the slides is if you're given an hour to prepare and five minutes to present, you only still only have two slides, the title slide and the slide with your three or four bullets on it. Because it's not the time you're given to prepare that's important, it's the time that you're given to present that drives the number of slides. The more time you spend making slides, the more time you're cutting into your rehearsal time. And that's not what you want to do. Absolutely. Your slides are supporting your presentation. They are not the focus of your presentation. It's easier to think of it that way for me because if they say, oh, you have an hour to prepare, I have a feeling a lot of people would spend 45 minutes of that making slides. Mm -hmm. 
this is the wrong way to go. <laughs> yeah. And in my experience, the person who's presenting at other places, not at manager schools, but in my experience, the person who's presenting is not the person who even made the slides. So your slides are less important than spending time on your points and how you're going to speak and your actual presentation. So let's just make a note here, sort of an editor's note. Uh, I learned this actually at Toastmasters because most Toastmasters speeches are between four and six minutes long. And the first thing you do is you have a short, it's actually a shorter speech, but you talk about yourself and everybody can talk about themselves for a long time because as we mentioned, it's a very easy topic for most people. But what you learn very quickly is in a four to six minute speech, you really don't have that much time. You have a minute to introduce your topic, two to four for your supporting points, and then five is your conclusion. And then you're done in time. Most people talk a little faster when they're nervous. So you might have minute one for your uh, opening, two, three, four, and five for your points, and then six for your conclusion. And you'll probably come out around five. But that is not very long. You got one minute to make one point. And it's amazing how fast that goes when you're when you actually start rehearsing, you suddenly discover what you've written down on paper is 13 minutes. So if you're in doubt as to whether or not you can keep in the timeline, rehearse all of your points and then just take out one if you seem to be going long. Uh, and so you need to rank your points so that you know that you're missing out the one that's least important. If you think you're going to go fast, then add in an extra one so that you have that kind of flexibility when you're talking. But remember that literally you can maximum have four points and you probably want less than that because you because it's hard to make a point in a minute. So now we're going to talk about the timeline so that you know how long you have for rehearsing all the little elements so that you stick within your timeline when you actually speak. So we'll assume that you have an hour to prepare for your presentation, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the timetable that will follow for an hour. If you have half an hour, half the amount of time for each one. If you have two hours, double it. The important thing is the proportions so that you're giving the most time to the things that make most difference, right? So where are we going to start? We spend the first 20 minutes. And remember, this is for an hour, if you have an hour to prepare. We spend those first 20 minutes handwriting our outline. So on a sheet of paper, we're gonna take our pen or pencil, whatever we have, handwrite. We'll need to write down our introduction, our points, our conclusion. We're gonna have bullets, right? Sub points and content and things like that. Part of the reason it's important to write things down is it helps your retention. So we're gonna write out our outline for the first 20 minutes. And you'll probably go backwards and forwards on it, you know, trying to get the content in the right order, in the right structure, so that it's convincing. After that, we're going to spend the next 15 minutes, minutes 21 through 35, creating the slides. So remember, we're talking about one slide for every five minutes. They're probably going to give you some kind of media, if you will, for making slides. So either a laptop or a computer, or it could even just be flip chart paper. And you want to just spend 15 minutes working on your slides. They don't need to be complicated. Nice and simple. Exactly. And again, don't, you know, don't expand this ratio. So 
It's just 15 minutes. It should only be a small portion. It's a small portion of the time because the most important thing is the next, is the next part. It's rehearsing. So we're going to rehearse for the remaining time in our hour, our presentation. I cannot stress enough how different it is to say things out loud. (laughs) And I do this all the time. I mean, I present two or three weeks out of the month. And if you're thinking something, it sounds great in your head, but the person you're talking to is you. And it sounds so different when you actually say it out loud. And it takes longer, usually. And even if you're talking quickly because you're nervous, it takes longer. It doesn't flow. It's awkward. In your head, it sounds so elegant. And then you say it out loud and (laughs) you're not sure if it's helpful. So you really do want to speak your points, your presentation out loud. And if you don't believe us, find the nearest book or document or whatever you have handy that has words on it and try and read out loud. You'll just find that saying even one sentence out loud is way different to reading it in your head or saying it in your own head. It really is. I was just talking to a friend and he and his wife read books to each other. I thought that was really interesting that they do that. And all I could think is, man, it must take them so much longer to get through books than me. Yes. It's got to be double the amount of time, maybe triple the amount of time to get through a book if you're saying it out loud. And you, you kind of stumble, in my experience. You kind of stumble over the words, the stress, the, um, I guess stress makes it sound scary, but the emphasis isn't on the right part of the sentence. There's things like that. So you're going to want to find the space to say these things out loud. If you're in the room with another person, you probably want to let them know that you're going to start giving your presentation out loud. If you're in the room with a bunch of other people, you might want to go into the hall, ask if they can let you stand in the hall to present, to Rehearse, if you will. It sounds so different when you say things out loud. And again, don't worry about if there are other candidates in the room and all you can do is go to a corner and kind of say it softly to yourself. Don't worry about them hearing the answer because the answer isn't what's important. The way you present is important and the way you present better is having rehearsed. If they're listening to you and adding it to their slides, they're not doing better at presenting. It's this basic idea that practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. If you've never said these words out loud, do you really want the first time to be in front of the group when it counts, when other people are listening? No, you want to have heard it yourself a few times. And so to that end, you should probably memorize your first two sentences, your first couple of sentences, and definitely your last two sentences. This is kind of like our guidance on closing the interview. You want to have memorized the first little bit and the last little bit. It'll help you have confidence too. If, if you stand up and what you're saying is, I pledge allegiance, you're comfortable with the words you're saying. And so there's not that extra nervousness that you don't know what to say and you're standing up in front of the, the group. Because oftentimes after the first minute or two, some of the nervousness of standing up fades. It's harder for that to fade if you're also worried about your words. So this can ease your stress. And it's more impactful if you know exactly what you're going to say. So you do need to know your first one or two sentences memorized and your last two sentences. They need to be memorized. Yeah. And the way you do that is you say them and then you close your eyes and you don't look at anything you've written and you try and say it again. And if you have to look, then you look at it and then you close your eyes and you say it again. And 
if you're going to memorize two sentences, it probably only takes two or three minutes. It doesn't need to be deep in your memory. It just needs to be there on the surface so that when you say those words, you don't need to look at your notes. You can look at the audience. You can say it with confidence and you start the presentation well because what rem people remember is the beginning of things and the end of things. We want you to be high energy through the whole presentation. We don't want you to use that as an excuse for being in the doldrums in the middle, but it is what people remember. And so we want to give you maximum impact at the beginning and end. Another way to get maximum impact at the beginning is to start by standing in the power position of the room. This is a really powerful tool. And in a meeting room, this is it's at the foot of the table. It's at the end of the table. Or maybe if there's someone sitting there, it's it's kind of on the corner, a little to the right there. You want to stand in the power position. And simply having someone standing there will call the group's attention to you. Simply being in that position will help the group to focus. And you stand still with your feet planted. You want to just relax your arms. Just let your hands dangle. I know it feels weird, but it doesn't look weird. No, it doesn't. It's it's very strange because it feels so awkward. And yeah, if you look at someone doing it, it doesn't look awkward at all. No, it doesn't. It looks great. So you square up, right? If you face the audience head on, um, kind of like if your shoulders were headlights, they should be shining down the, the length of the table. Stand still, plant your feet and smile and just be silent for a second. Take a deep breath. Make eye contact with the audience. Everyone will come to attention in the room kind of naturally based on that position that you're in, where you're standing, and the silence and kind of your presence there. It's really powerful. And it often helps me to feel more comfortable, helps you to feel a little more in control of the room. And you smile, pause for a second to make sure everyone's paying attention, and then you start. And people think that that silence for one or two seconds feels like forever if you're counting <laughs> it in your head. But it's really interesting. I am trying to stop saying so at the beginning of every sentence, which is a habit of mine. What I've been doing is at the beginning of a sentence where I can hear myself about to say so, I just pause. I don't start the sentence until I can remember what the word after so will be. And I've just done it again. And hopefully you can hear what other people tell me is, oh, your pauses are so effective. And I think, I'm not pausing to be effective. I'm pausing not to say so. But that's not what people hear. They hear a pause and they think it's part of what you're doing. So don't worry about it. Just hold that position. People won't be waiting for you. They'll be focusing their attention in that one and two seconds they're not thinking I wonder why they haven't started already what I found is that when you're standing at the front like that instead of using your filler word and we all have filler words I just exhale ah and that way my body relaxes a little bit and so I tend to slow down a little bit mm -hmm. and it's just like you're saying the points have more impact yeah it's the weirdest thing it's amazing how different our own experience is to the experience that people are having that aren't us. That's absolutely true. And then you get started and you do an amazing presentation and you get a super new job. Yay. 
And if this is the first time you've heard any of our presentation guidance, there is lots and lots of presentation guidance on the website, lots of podcasts that we've done in the past. This is very specific to being given a presentation to do in an interview. And there's a lot of different techniques that you can also include to make your presentations better that are included in other podcasts. So sum us up, Kate. Our topic today covers how to present when you're being asked to present in an interview with short notice. And we just want you guys to pay attention to your presentation skills because presentation skills are stressful for a lot of us. And when it's in an interview, it's even more stressful. It's even more scary. The stakes are higher. And so these guidelines that we've talked about, don't worry about the right answer, ask questions, one slide every five minutes, and then our sample prep timeline will help you to do your best and focus on what's most important for your interview and showing the people who are interviewing you your best side and presentation skills. And that's it. Perfect. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Wendy. Bye, everyone. That's all for this week. We'll see you here next week for another topic. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want the how-tos of management wherever you are, check out the free Manager Tools mobile app. It's available on both iOS and Android devices. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Manager Tools app. Just search for Manager Tools in the respective store or go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com, and you'll find the links on the bottom of the homepage. Once you've installed the Manager Tools app, you'll have access to all the Manager Tools and Career Tools shows anytime, anywhere you want with easy searching of podcasts by category, using the map of the universe, or using built-in search functions, it couldn't be easier. Additionally, if you're a Manager Tools personal licensee, you'll have easy access to all the show notes right from the app whenever you want. Go to the App Store and download the Manager Tools mobile app. You'll be happy you did.